Which came first, MacGyver the cereal? Stop it. Or the show? <laughs> uh, there's probably a show that had a cereal come first. You don't know. Maybe Lucky Charms the show? Yeah. Or, maybe. Or there's probably a show based on the Tricks Rabbit. Not getting any goddamn tricks. Maybe. It's probably what... Came from the cereal. See? Just prove my point. There really isn't. <laughs> it really isn't. Growing Pains was based on tricks. It could be. I can see the similarities. Are we on? Are we recording? That's a... I don't care for that beer. The $50 beer? You don't care for that? I drink it already. Yeah, we're recording right now, so... Okay. Um, live from Phoenix, Arizona. No. Oh. Welcome to another episode of... Live from our living room. Stop. Wait, sorry. Welcome to another episode. Don't oh, no, I won't do start it. Okay. How about how about a, like a drum roll or something? Welcome like to another episode of American, American Timelines. Time I'm Amy. And I have the greatest nose hairs in the world, and my name is Joe. Yes, that's Joe. Nose hairs just keep growing. You could trim them, and the very next day, there's a big long one again. Um, this is a podcast about a podcast. America through the decades, and yeah. this is the decade <laughs> of the 80s. And we're going to do every decade, so... If you're tuning in, well, strap yourself in because we're going to do the 80s and the 70s and the 60s and the 50s yep. and the 40s and the 30s and the 20s and the 10s, the 1750s, and the 1790s, and uh, we're going to do f- forever. So this is going to go on forever. <laughs> this is never going to end. So get used to it. Get ready to rock and roll. What is the year that we're going to talk about tonight? Well, last week we talked about 1983. So this week, we're talking about the year that comes after 1983, and I know as someone who thinks uh, the 18 was based on a serial, uh, you don't really get that, so it would be 1984. I think you need Uh, to bring it down a little. I'm starting to get a little irritated. (laughs) You are? A little bit. It's bothering you a little bit? Uh, You're bringing it it up a lot. I'm bringing things up a lot? Yep. Well, what are you going to do about it? We do have a correction and apology, too, from last week. Is it from me? It's kind of from both of us. Okay. We both decided, we both got just sick of everything and just mailed in some things. Yeah, I know. And uh, remember when I I mentioned that I had forgotten, actually for two two episodes ago, I hadn't, I didn't look up who sang the national anthem. Yes. And so we both. And we just, said it was Barbara Mandrell. We both agreed to be Barbara Mandrell. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But, but it's actually Leslie Easterbrook. Who is... And at first I thought that was not significant, but then I decided to look up who she was. Oh, yeah? Let's just say she's famous for Police Academy. Oh, okay. You want to guess which female from Police Academy would have sang the National Anthem in 1983? The short black lady? No, that's what I would have gone with, too, because yeah. uh, cause remember when she, she used her real voice. And yeah. Was soul, but no, it was the the one who had the big boobs. Uh, God, I don't Callahan, remember the blonde. Oh, okay. And they just did a hundred boob jokes. Yeah, it was basically Porky's with yeah. the police. Mm-hmm. I know. Yeah, so it's just a bunch of boob jokes yeah. all the time. So there was one. So blonde she's that had the giant one boobs. who. And I thought that's all she was ever famous for, but she actually sang the national anthem in 1983 oh, Super okay. Bowl. Oh well. So apparently it doesn't make that. me feel bad. It doesn't. No, you don't feel bad. No, I don't well, feel we bad. just got to be. This is a, this is a lot of. A lot of historians look to this podcast. I thought you were going to say, like, you, you built that up so much. So I thought you were going to be like, and it was Barbara Mandrell and she had cancer or something. Like, I thought you were just like. That wouldn't be great. Putting up, I'm not saying great. I'm saying you. The may, entire cast of the Police Academy is great. It's a great thing yeah, to know that. Okay. I now know that someone from Police Academy sang a national, national anthem, anthem. And a lot of people don't know that. Yeah. And all the millennials I work with. They don't even know what Police Academy no, is. No, I know that. Yeah. I'm, uh, and they're missing out. It's uh, their loss. It's the greatest thing well, that's ever happened. Tackleberry, Hightower, the guy who made it. I haven't seen it. I haven't seen it since since I was probably, since it came out. All right. That's enough. The guy who does the sounds. I know what you're talking about. Okay. Before we jump into 1984, I'm going to 
I have three quick things that happened in 1984 that don't really have dates, dates. assigned okay. to them. All right. First of all, you'll love this one. Okay. Miss Crime Murder Lover. What? Get all excited about when people are in pain and dead and murdered. Uh, DNA fingerprinting was introduced oh. in 1984. Say. Yeah, boom. Bet you didn't think it was that early. Well, I mean, introduced to the public or developed? Oh, it was introduced on Johnny Carson. Ladies and gentlemen, here's yeah. crime DNA fingerprinting. All right, what else? I don't know. That's all I have is that sentence. Okay. That's from popculture.us, I believe. Yep. Baby on board signs were marked, oh, were marketed. Baby on board signs were marketed by their creator, Michael Lerner. Remember the baby on board signs? I thank God they were marketed. That Thank God for those things. I want to make a knockoff of that and just have it be giant asshole on board. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good one. Just know you're following a giant yeah. asshole. So if you're tailgating me, I'm giant like, asshole on my Who knows what I'll do? I think I like Slam it. Slam on my brakes. Yeah, we should do that. I bet we could sell that. Mean prick on board. No, giant, giant asshole on board is funny. Dirty son of a bitch on board. Oh, we could, totally could market those. Yeah. But isn't there a law that you can't have cuss words on your car? Well, there's a kid in our neighborhood who's got a truck that says uh, the F word. It says F word. His bumper sticker says, uh, isn't, isn't it a beautiful day? Please don't fuck it up. So and I, I guess and I'm I walk, wrong. I walk the kids by that every single day. Well, and why would there be a law, I guess? But I don't know. For some reason, I thought I heard that you there was a law. You probably heard something. I don't know. <laughs> it was why. probably on What's Up Waxall. Yeah. You uh, can't. It's illegal to have cuss words on your car. Bicycles are not allowed on the road. All right. Those bicyclists need to get off the road. And also, in 1984, yep. women, I hope you're getting ready to get mad because the Me Too and the, what's yes. the other, what's the Not Anymore movement? The uh, There's the Me Too and it's now turned into the That's Enough oh, I don't know. movement. There's a new hashtag. Anyway, in 1984, women earned 37% of computer science degrees. Oh, wow. Isn't that surprising? That is in very surprising. Yeah. In 1998, women were at 27%. Oh. And in 2011, only 12% That's of computer awesome. science degrees went to women. That sucks. Yeah. You just said awesome, didn't you? I was being sarcastic. Oh, you were? I can't. Oh, it didn't. My meter didn't go off. No. Isn't that shitty and crappy? Yes, that's I know awful. there's I know there's some nonprofits that are dedicated to trying to just Why is that, increase. though? I don't, I don't know. Huh. Uh, probably male chauvinism, I would guess. But you um, would think that would be going away. Yeah, you'd think it would be getting better, but... Like everything um, else, I, I don't know. You know, it's like, I think it's a lot of things. It's a misogynistic society that, like, tells yeah. people that computers are not for women and mm -hmm. things like that. So, um, and misogyny in general, and then, you know, other people perpetuate it and... You know, it just gets to be a thing. Mm -hmm. People are told women aren't. It's not for women. Yeah. Or maybe there's another factor, too. Maybe it's that, because wasn't there a belief that that's kind of dying, some of that's dying out, computer science, computers aren't that big of a deal anymore? What? Or, Why no? would that be? Uh, I've never, you're making things out now. Yeah, computers All right, let's aren't move that on. big of a deal. I don't know. I'm just trying to come up with, I'm just I playing know, devil's advocate here. Satan's, playing Satan's advocate. All right. Wednesday. Okay. January 11th, 1984. So we're skipping 10 days. Okay. Wednesday, January 11th, Night Court was on. Yeah. And it was one of the first few episodes of Night Court because I've decided to take it upon myself to go back. Harry Anderson's death really affected me. Yes, I know. And he lived in Asheville. We were just there in Asheville, the brewery. We could have saved his life. We could have found him and said, hey, you're going to die soon. Don't and that was not going to happen. What? But anyway, so I've been watching. What, so Night Court, nobody yep. cares. Uh, January, Court. nobody cares. Night Court originally was on Wednesday, uh, yeah. January 11th, before it was on Thursday night, must-see TV. Mm -hmm. And in this episode, the court deals with a psychiatric patient who's posing as Santa Claus. Uh, and a nasty shoplifter mm -hmm. casts a cloud over the holidays. The nasty shoplifter, real nasty kid, is played by Michael J. Fox. Okay. So he guest starred on Night Court before Family There was Dies. a lot for that. Before he was a big deal, yeah. That's just... That was a lot of t blabber for nothing. 
Nothing. Michael J. Fox on Night Court. It's a crossover. All right. What's next? It's like Alex. That was twenty minute discussion about that, but to build up to that. And that's the and Michael J. Fox was on there. It's (laughs) like what? That's great. What do you mean so? I mean, for that kind of length of time to talk about it. That's the highlight of our (laughs) of our thirteen episodes of our marriage. This is the. I thought you were going to say of our marriage. All right. What's this is the fifteenth episode, by the way. Wow. And this is that's the best thing we've no, talked about. It's not fifteen episodes. All right. And so you appreciate that. Sunday, January twenty second, nineteen eighty four, was the Super Bowl. It was Super Bowl X five X V one one. I'm terrible at Roman numerals. X V nobody cares. I can't tell how many one ones there. I, I got to put my glasses. No, nobody cares. Super Bowl. Seventeen. I can't remember. There's three. Nobody's gonna. Eighteen. Super Bowl eighteen. There's three of those right. lines there. So, Super Bowl eighteen was an American football game between the National Football Conference champion Washington Redskins and the American Football Conference champion Los Angeles Raiders to decide the NFL champion for the 1983 season. The Raiders defeated the Redskins by a score of 38 to nine. Okay. The 38 points scored and 29-point margin of victory broke Super Bowl records. It still remains the most scored by an AFC team in the Super Bowl. The game was played on January 22, 1984 at Tampa Stadium in Tampa, Florida, the first time the Super Bowl was held in that city. And this would be the AFC's last Super Bowl win until Super Bowl 32. Okay. So a whole bunch of Super Bowls one side was winning. How much do you think of Super Bowl? Ad cost. Oh, I uh, $400,000? $368,000. So okay. you're, you're close this time. I was I, close. I'm not as disappointed as I have been in the past. Well, that's, that's a little delightful. And do you want to guess? This is the, the Super Bowl uh, national anthem was sung by a gentleman. Oh, a very, Luther Vandross. Yeah, a little more manly. Kenny Rogers. Nope. More manly. Willie Nelson. Okay. Way less manly, actually. Okay. <laughs> uh, than all those guys. George Michael. Nah, not. Well, <laughs> I guess a little more manly. Maybe as. Maybe. I don't know. Um. Uh, who? I don't know. He's got man in his name. He's got man in his name. Yeah. He just sang Mandy at. at Barry Manilow. Yeah, Barry Manilow. Barry Manilow sang the national anthem that year in 1984. So he's more manly. Man. I know what you said, Barry but Manilow. But you were. He's more manly than. You were saying he's more manly than. Maybe more manly than George Michael. Maybe not. Yeah, I guess not. No. No. There's, no. Not at he's all. He's not manly at all. No, he? he's I mean, not. A little bit. No. And George Michael had like the leather jacket and. I mean, he stabbed people. He's not. Yeah. Oh, I don't know. So anyway, well, he's, he's, he's not really more manly than all those guys. I was actually being sarcastic, but then it, I stopped being sarcastic. But I realized you didn't know who it was, so I just stopped caring about it. Yeah. Anyway, so there you go. There Alrighty. you go. That's what happened in the Super Bowl, January twenty second. Uh, do you care about any of those teams, the Raiders nope. or the do not. Redskins? Nope, nope, nope. Redskins have a racist name. Yes, I know. That's racism. That's true. Uh, Monday, January twenty third, nineteen eighty four. A big friggin' deal. Wrestling, the world of wrestling changed. Yeah. Hulk Hogan became the first wrestler mm-hmm. ever to escape the camel clutch, the signature move of reigning World Wrestling Federation champion Iron Sheik. Did you say camel clutch? The camel clutch. What is that? That was the Iron Sheik's finisher where he would cripple a man by clutching his neck. He would put... It sounds like a purse that's shaped like a vagina. He he was sitting on Hulk Hogan's back. He put him in the camel clutch, but Hogan got out of it. He's sitting on Hogan's back. Yeah. Hogan's got his face down, right? He's got Hogan's arms draped over his knees, and he's pulling on his head. That looks like sex. He's pulling on his head. It was kind of hot. Yeah, it was kind of hot. It looks like a a big gay sex going on. None of their wieners were touching anything. I know, but he's on his back, and he's riding it like a camel. yeah, he's like that yeah, looks camel like sex. Clutch. But he's a, he's a guy from Iran. I mean, it's sex movements. Yeah, but he didn't have. But his his butthole was way back there. I know, but that's still weird to me. He'd been begging the back of his head if it was anything. But well, he might have. No, but then Hulk Hogan started shaking, and he got this out of it. So dumb and he homoerotic. Not that 
you know, it's just, it just is. Oh, homophobic sounds like you yeah. are. Anyway, so Hulk Hogan uh, got out of that and he defeated Iron Sheik to win his first WWF title mm-hmm. at Madison Square Garden, New York City. Mm-hmm. The crowd went crazy. Yeah. Uh, Hulk Hogan, Hulkamania was born. That was it. Like that's Okay, when it so that was the minute the it happened. Yep, that was when it happened, Monday, January 23rd. Right. Two days after the Super one day after the Super Bowl. January 27th, 1984, Michael Jackson's hair catches fire that's during right. a Pepsi commercial. Yes. The King of Pop suffered serious burns when pyrotechnics ignited his hair, leaving him reliant on the painkillers, which contributed to his early death 24 years later. Wow. So he got real burned. Yeah, real bad. Um, I remember this being. A I remember huge hearing thing. about it, like, like a joke. A, and there's video, I think. Um, but I, but I never really thought about like how severely injured he was. Yeah, January twenty seventh, nineteen eighty four, he was rushed to a hospital in Los Angeles on this day, um, where he was pronounced dead. In nineteen, no, not yet. I know. Oh, after being set on fire during the filming of a TV commercial, the twenty five year old, later dubbed the King of Pop, right. was filming a stage concert performance for a new advertising Pepsi. campaign by Pepsi with members of his family when sparks from a pyrotechnic explosion ignited his hair. Yeah, his you know, highly his, flammable hair. His super flammable, yes. like huge Jerry Col- Curl hair. Yep. Um, Jackson briefly continued performing. Wow. Then he hurried to the back of the set where he was pushed to the ground and extinguished by stagehands and his so brothers. His, it was like a flame. It must have been, yeah. On fire. His head on fire. That's head on bizarre. fire. Wow. And thanks to stagehands, yeah. who everybody everybody disparages stagehands all the time everybody and says, says they're pieces stupid. of shit. Yeah. But you know what? They're not. They're they and saved him. Tito Jackson, one of his was probably one of the brothers that really saved him. It just says his brothers. Uh, he was taken yeah. to Cedar Sinai Medical Center, uh, where he was noted to be quite shaken up with palm-sized area of. With it's weird that his brothers were there with him. Well, they were recording that with him. I oh, think. they were. Yeah. I thought it was just him. No, they said they were recording with his brother. Oh, I, I thought think. they were just hanging out with him all the time. They probably were too. Yeah. Uh, anyway, he had palm-sized a palm-sized area of second degree and small area of third degree burns. Wow. In his head. His wounds were treated, and then he was given a number of different painkillers and prescribed a powerful sedative to calm his nerves and help him sleep. Man. Yep. Maybe that's what made him molest children. I hope he didn't. Or do you think he was already molesting children? I don't know. Let's hope he didn't. I hope he didn't. We've been through this, but yeah. I know. I know. Yeah. But there's this whole debate on do you have to, Jen, can you still enjoy the art that someone who did all those horrible things made? Yeah, I say no. You have to just stop liking all of their music and art? Yeah. I mean, we live in a society that was built on slavery and rape and... I know, but like... Do we do we have to stop liking the American flag and stop... No, but that's... That was a different times. I mean, if you find out that, you know, the Bill Cosby, you can't go back and still like the stuff he made. Do you think a hundred years from now people say, oh, those were different times... You were supposed to put no. pills in people's drinks and rape them. No. They might. Maybe they will in the future when everybody's just levitating and not speaking. With we don't even cords. say that to, about olden times. Yeah, you just did about George Washington. No, but we don't even say that people just raped everybody. George Washington raped everyone. Thomas Jefferson raped a bunch of people. Well, I don't know. This got, has gotten <laughs> to, way far off left field now. Why, why not right field? No, but I'm just saying. So you said, oh, you, you forgive Thomas Jefferson for raping because, oh, it was different times. But what I'm saying is 100 years from now, when people are levitating and they're not speaking, they're just using telepathy to speak to each other, they yeah. they'll say, oh, those were old times. I, I don't know. I've totally forgotten what we were even talking about. <laughs> we are talking about Michael Jackson's hair being on fire. Oh, anyway, but that happened in 1984, Michael All Jackson's right. hair. Sweet. Yeah. Saturday, February 4th, then, we have a new number one song, mm-hmm. and I, I think you might have covered this one, I hope. Maybe oh, not. yes. Maybe I was supposed to. Yes. February 4th, what's the new number one song? <clears throat> come, 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 The Culture Club. Yes. They, um, they performed this song in 1986 episode of The A-Team. Really? Called Cowboy George. Yeah, Boy George was on the A-Team In once. the episode, a series of misadventures leads to the band playing a country bar to a bunch of cowboys. 
they went over the crowd along with the A team with who Bob along to the tune. <laughs> the A team was da- dancing so to dumb. Boy George. I know. Yeah. That's so eighties right it there. It is. That whole I gotta that find that picture. episode and watch it. Just picturing George Michael. Yeah, I bet you can just get that clip of the episode probably. The, oh yeah. The, the A team dancing to the culture club. <laughs> to the culture club. The ultimate eighties mashup. Yeah, that'd be great. Yeah. Yeah, I knew I knew Boy George had been on there because Oh uh, you did? Yeah. I looked at it. I thought that was that one was for you. Yes, that was for me. Thank mm-hmm. you. That's You're a well. great thing about that. Uh, and also, I work with a guy whose last name is Calma. Oh, so you sing that to him so all the time. I, instead of Karma Chameleon. You know, I love singing. I like making nicknames for people, obviously. So yes. I lo- every time I see him, I go, Calma, 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 Chameleon. He, he irritates the hell he, out of no, him. He doesn't smile once. He's and never he's smiled. He's probably very irritated. He's never actually even acknowledged that I'm doing it. He may have rolled his eyes slightly once. <laughs> I bet he uh, did. Yeah. Every time. But he's actually a long-haired fellow that helped me figure out some of this podcasting equipment. So, And you sang that song to him the entire time he was trying to show you? I probably you. did. He was trying to show me equipment, and I just kept singing that to you him. You probably did. Come, 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 come. All right. He's going to punch me someday. Yeah. Monday, February 6th, 1984. This is the story of the beauty queen killer, Christopher Wilder. This guy was... Um, he His... His mom was australian and his dad was an american naval officer and then um when he was a baby he was almost drowned one time in a swimming pool and then the a priest came in to give his last rites and he had seizures a year later and had to be resuscitated and he had, so he had all these issues when he was a baby what's his name christopher wilder okay then when he was 17 uh his he was with a group of friends and they got charged with a gang rape on a beach a gang rape? Gang rape on a beach, yes. Ugh. He pled guilty and received one year's probation. So um, when he was in this treatment, they gave him electroshock therapy, Ooh. which some people say might have messed him up. Yep. So then he got married, and um, his bride said that he abused her, but, they in, but she found... Um, some underwear, women's underwear and photos of naked women in a briefcase he was carrying in his car. So that also might have been one reason that they broke up. So was there a reason to believe he wasn't beating her, that she was possibly lying? No, I think oh. I'm pretty sure he was because oh, okay. of later. So then, he so, go, then he moves to the U.S. So she complained that he hit her, but also she found a briefcase yes. full of naked yes. pictures of other women. right. Not like mag porno magazine pictures. No, they were photos. Like photos, okay. Yeah. And then he moves to the U.S. and he goes to southern Florida and um, he... Oh, wait. The U.S. from where? Australia. Oh, Australia. Sorry, I missed that. He, he prospers in the fields of construction and electrical contracting and he earned enough money to finance fast cars, a luxurious bachelor pad, hot tubs, private photo studios and all this stuff. So he wasn't a schlub. You know, he, right. he had money and and all this he stuff. was successful yes despite all that stuff yes so then in march of 1971 um at pompano beach florida wait hold on a second so he he and his friends were in a gang rape yes when they were like teenagers yeah they gang raped they someone. gang raped someone he was yeah. involved yes and and when did he get psych treatments after after he pled guilty, it was like one year's probation. And they did that, and it included group. The probation included group, part, th- group part therapy. Of therapy was psycho yes. shock therapy. Yes. Okay. So uh, that they used to do that, you know. Oh, I know, I know. Yeah. We're, they still do. Yeah. So uh, he, so then he moves to U.S. and he gets real successful, and then he um, in March 1971 he was picked up on a charge of soliciting women to pose for nude photos, and so he got probation for that. He had coerced a female high school student into oral sex, and um, he was jailed a second time for that. Then um, he admitted that crime to his therapist, but there was the he, she, it was confidential, confidential, so yeah. she couldn't she couldn't do anything. report him. I thought there was a rule where if it's a crime, you're allowed yeah, to. Yeah, I don't think I think it, it, I don't think so, but I don't know. It's a current crime. I, I don't know how that works. I, I don't know. Because sometimes they just... I mean, it might be different than it was that back then. That was 70, 77. Okay. So then in June 21st, 1980, he lured a teenage girl into his car. She Like, he would always pro- 
proposition them with to be a model for modeling. For modeling. Which so he girls would specifically be... target girls that look like models. Right. And he would go up to them and he would. Hey, he I'm had a big agent. expensive camera and he looked nice. Yeah, he would look like he'd be so, a real person. I'm an agent. You want to? Um, I'm going to be. Uh, I, I can send you yeah, modeling. I can make it exactly, huge. That's exactly what it was. And so they would so go Saturday, with him. Saturday, June twenty first. 1980. 1980, the same night that uh, Stockard Channing show was on. Oh, okay. Remember Stockard Channing? She no, had a, she I, had, I know who she is. She's from she Greece. She had her own telev- a television show, and the premise of the show was mm-hmm. a sitcom. Uh, a slightly kooky divorcee named Susan, played by Stockard Channing, tries to make a life for herself in Los Angeles as an assistant to an overbearing TV consumer advocate. Mm-hmm. Mm, okay. uh, I didn't know she had a show. Yeah, she had a show. It didn't last very long. I think it yeah. had a few episodes, but it was the Stockard Channing Show, 1980. It was okay. on TV that night. Okay, so he lured a teenage girl into his car and, with the modeling thing, and yep. he um, a, she could have been home watching Stockard Channing. Yep, but she and got so, in the car with him. Yep, and then they he drove her to a rural area. There's rural. that r- rural area. There's a lot of crimes happen yeah. in, ru- if in you're rural. Be, if you're going for this true crime thing, you're going to have to learn to say rural. You are, because <laughs> there's a lot of... That's one thing you know for sure. Yeah, there's a lot of ruralness in these murders, <laughs> so you're going to have to figure that out. I'll, I'll figure it out I'll soon. get you signed up for a class. Yeah, so she was raped after all that laughter. Oh, great. She was raped. Um, oh, so, hilarious. So he... He pleads guilty, but then again, they give him five years probation and more therapy ordered by the court, but no jail time. Yeah, probation for rape. For rape. That's awful. I mean, it's still it's not as bad, but it's still bad like that. But it's not as bad as this was. Like, well, I think some places. But then knows? you get like that Brock Turner. Remember that kid? Oh yeah. It yeah. was ridiculous. Yeah, he's uh, he's well, already he's out. White I think. And rich, yeah. So. And that's the whole thing, though. The whole justice, judge, the judge the whole, even admitted that. Well, the whole justice system is based on money anyway. You yeah, can, I know. You can bail out anybody who well, has and money the jury, can get and, out. And the jury, the whole jury system is stupid. Well, why like, would they it be need, based on money in the first place? Why would you? If you have money, oh, you don't have Why would you have a jury of your peers? Why would you have a jury of the idiots in this world? Like, why wouldn't it be a panel of judges? I don't understand. Yeah. I think a jury of peers is the stupidest thing because they get it wrong so oh, they, often. Yeah. They get it wrong all the time. But even dumber, like, how come it's like, you're not safe to be in public because you've raped a bunch of people, you're a murderer. Oh, you have $10,000? Never mind, oh, you're, I know. you're that's safe, it's too. fine. But that's how life's Because you have $10,000, you're now safe. That's all, all countries but, are like that. Uh, right, but I mean, it that's like human like nature. It's bribery. Like, it doesn't make any sense. It, is, it doesn't. So anyway. You're either uh, safe or not. We got to get back into the... All right. Okay. Go ahead. So he goes, um, he started suffering blackouts at this point. Then he goes back and um, visits his parents in Australia, and he kidnaps he, he kidnaps a girl and does all this other stuff. It, you know, he, it's just starting to all kinds of things. Mm-hmm. It's just patterns. Yep. Of so abusing women and he raping and was arrested on December 29th, charged with this kidnapping and indecent assault, and they his family posted bail, and so. Then um, he was he was permitted to return to the United States. His trial was scheduled for May seventh, nineteen eighty three. Okay, but then there was these legal delays that postponed the case. All from kidnapping. Now, that, did he kill that person or just kidnap her? And kidnapped her and raped her, and then let her go. Yeah, but he was scheduled to appear in court for a hearing on April third, nineteen eighty four. But he never made it. So this is what happened on um, February sixth. Rosario Gonzalez is 20. She disappears from her job at the Miami Grand Prix. She worked at the Miami Grand Prix? Yes, a waitress. And on Monday, February 6th, she disappeared? Yes. And and um, Chris Wilder, Christopher Wilder was driving as a contestant that day at the Grand Prix. He was a... Yeah. He drove? Uh, in the, for the Grand Prix. For the Grand Prix? Yeah. Well, that same day, Scarecrow and Mrs. King was on. Yeah. A show called After Mash was on. Okay. Remember that spinoff of really. Mash? Not really. Uh, the Korean War has ended, and Colonel Potter, Colonel Potter, Sergeant Klinger, and Father Mulcahy, yeah, find themselves together once again. This time at a veterans hospital. Oh, okay. So Jamie Farr and yeah. Harry Morgan, and it was like a special episode. It wasn't a show. Sh- no, like it was ep- a it was a spinoff. Oh, it was after Mash. I I didn't remember it all till I looked it up and I was yeah. like, oh my god, aftermath, that was a thing. Uh, I, I think it only lasted one or two seasons. Yeah. And also that night on NBC TV's Bloopers and Practical Jokes was on. Oh, that's that old. Yeah. <laughs> Jeez. Yeah. Um. Well, that's TV's bloopers. I'm thinking of him funniest home videos. 
Oh, no, not home videos. Okay. Because there was... Uh, I, I do remember. Now I remember it. There now was bleeps. The bloopers and practical jokes. There was jokes. bleeps, blorps, and blunders. Yeah. Hosted by... Uh, they don't have blooper shows anymore. On that that one was they? hosted by uh, who's the guy who said hockey, yeah, hockey puck? Uh, Gary O. No, <laughs> no, he called me. Yeah, he just I think he just died. Uh, insult comic. It was just old. I don't know what you're talking old about. Old bald guy. He called people a hockey puck. I, you made that up. I've never heard you of hockey that. puck. Uh, you sound like Gary O when you say that. No, he wanted to go hockey. <laughs> now what's his name? Um, Everybody knows him. Like I know, I'm never gonna bald white guy. That Rodney Dangerfield. We yell at everybody. I call everybody names, and I'm never gonna know uh, at the roast and stuff. Uh, anyway, but there was TV's bloopers and practical jokes, and there's bleeps and blunders hosted by uh, the guy whose name I just slip in my, my I mean, super famous comedian. Like, all right, can we move on? <laughs> no. And then Little House on the Prairie was on that night. Okay. Monday, February sixth. Yes. So he was driving the Grand Prix. Her body has never been found. But oh. She was. She She's a waitress disappeared. there. He probably sweet talked her. Probably did. Boom. And then Friday, February seventeenth. Yep. A couple weeks later. Yeah. Uh, Footloose. Yes. Came out the yep. movie Footloose. Yeah. And I don't know if you know this, but Footloose starred Kevin Bacon. I do know. And that. it was loosely based on events that actually took place in in the small rural. Rural. Quit showing off. Not rural. <laughs> Small, rural, off. and extremely religious farming town of Elmore City, Oklahoma in 1978. And that perfectly segues because I'm drinking a beer from uh, uh, Oklahoma right now. Okay. Because uh, I'm out of Hop Slam. Uh, dancing had been banned from nearly for nearly 90 years until a group of high school teenagers challenged uh, challenged it. I know uh, what the I know that, what the plot. No, but of that Foot actually Loose really is. happened in Oklahoma. Like a oh. teenagers really did that in in Elmore oh. City, Oklahoma. Uh, so it's based on a real thing. That, that would happened be terrible, wouldn't it? Yeah, isn't that terrible? Like dancing was really out oh for ninety God. years. Jeez. Um, and then with the principal's knowledge in that town, uh, Kevin Bacon attended Payson Utah High School mm-hmm. as Ren McCormack. A transfer student from Philadelphia so he to get did, into his role. He did a twenty-one Jump Street. Yeah, he actually did. A, yeah, it, with his narrow tie, new wave haircut, he was treated pretty much like he was in the film. Like he was bashing, you know, they made fun of him in the film. Oh, brilliant! Uh, and Bacon gratefully left with the location scouts on the afternoon of the first day. So he I only bet. went one day just to get in the He's, feel for it. Yeah, but uh, but he pretended like he was a yeah, high he pretended school. like he was a student, twenty-four years old or whatever. Then uh, everybody's looking at him like, "What, what the, the hell, hell is this guy doing here? Yeah, What's that guy." There's been a couple times in my yeah. high school life where I was like, that guy's a fucking 24-year-old cop. What's he doing in our class? Yeah. Some weird guys. And then they end up just not being. There was a guy <laughs> called Gunboy. Okay, and then Thursday, February 28th, John Denver hosted the Grammy Awards, and Michael Jackson won all the awards. Okay. Because that was for Thriller the year before. He won That's eight right. awards. And Friday, March 2nd, mm-hmm. uh, you're going to have to intervene on your own thing because this is Spinal Tap came out. Oh. I think you have some info on that. Yes, uh, just a little... So uh, the actors are all competent musicians, and the soundtrack is actually them playing, which I did not know. Oh, really? Yeah. I didn't know that either. After the film opened, several people told Rob Reiner that they loved the film, but he should have chosen a more well-known band for a documentary. Ah, so, people uh, actually thought it was real. Yeah. Um, 37 people have been in the band over the years, excluding the two original members, one keyboard player and the original current bass player. That means the band has had 32 different drummers who inexplicably died, which is <laughs> it's pretty funny. Yeah. And um, Dana, Dana Carvey is a mime in the movie and yeah. Fran Drescher's party remember along that. with Billy Crystal. Oh, yeah. I don't remember. Oh, yeah. I, remember, I think I remember Dana Carvey being in there. I didn't. Yeah. yeah so that was, that was all it. I had for that. March, March 4th. 4th. Okay. Um, 23-year-old Elizabeth Kenyon vanished after work from the school where she taught in Coral Gables. She was seen that afternoon with Wilder at a local gas station, and his name was found in her address book. Oh, so after he, she was last seen at that gas station, Knight Rider was on mm-hmm. TV that night. Kenyon's parents remembered her speaking of Wilder as a real gentleman, unlike the various photographers who asked if she would model in the nude. As in Feb- the February case, no trace of Kenyon has ever been found. <sighs> So She should have stayed home and watched Trapper John. Yes. Three days later, the Miami Herald reported that 
A Boynton Beach race driver was wanted for questioning in the disappearance of two local women. That's him. He wasn't named in the story, but he saw the news report. And he know, and he was like, so, oh, that's me because I'm a driver. He missed his scheduled therapy on March 17th and met his business partner March the following 7th? night. And he said March 17th. He Oh, but March 7th, they reported oh. that, right? Is that what you said? Or was Three days 17th? later, yes. March 7th, when they reported that, they probably broke in to real people. Oh, yeah, I remember they that might, show. Or St. Elsewhere, maybe. Yeah, could have been. One Day at a Time was on. The Fall Guy was on. Yes. Any one of those could have been broken into saying, the, the driver we is a... Uh, it was a race driver. Race driver from the... Yep, and so... It could be he, suspect. Um, Indian, Indian Harbor lies two hours north of, north of Boynton Beach. On March 19th, Terry Ferguson, 21, disappears from a local shopping mall where witnesses remember seeing Wilder. Now, Terry Ferguson is also a female, right? Yes. Her body was recovered four days later from a Polk County Canal. So uh, she was before found. Before we get to March 19th, March 9th, mm. uh, before that happened, before this next disappearance. So this is a serial killer because it's, yes. it's, yes. things are happening Very in between, yes. right? Yes. So March 9th, <laughs> it's like, I'm learning. You are. March 9th, Friday, March 9th, Splash. Mm-hmm. Uh, the movie Splash came out. Yes. This and just so you know, the scene at the racquetball court where John Candy serves mm-hmm. and the ball hits him in the head. Mm-hmm. It was done in one take. Oh my God! At That's the time, good. at the time of filming, Daryl Hannah was extremely shy about her body. According to director Ron Howard, she wore uh, both band aids and makeup over her nipples to conceal them. Mm-hmm. I remember being a kid and Splash was the yeah. thing on HBO. Like we, yeah, it was. We had a friend in the neighborhood that had parents had Showtime or HBO. Yeah, and, and it would be on Splash. all the time. And you would because it had boobs. It yeah. had her boobs, and it was the greatest moment of my whole life. Like just <laughs> she saw her boobs. seeing her boobs as she swam by were the greatest. They were the most glorious all things right, that's in the enough. world. And I was a kid. I was a t- I was a little kid, but I just remember that being the yeah. Just, they were so perfect and wonderful, and, and thank goodness for showing okay. boobs while she's swimming. But also, Daryl Hannah was a vegetarian, so she refused to eat real lobster. Remember that scene where she, oh, yeah, she has cracked to eat, open yeah. the lobster? Um, she, so they had to stuff uh, uh, hummus or tofu or something inside there because she wouldn't eat it. And she also uh, cried after each take over the deaths of the lobsters for their shells. Yeah. Was upset. And... Uh, before Tom Hanks accepted the role of Alan Bauer, it had already been turned down by Chevy Chase, Bill Murray. Oh, they're Dudley so old, Moore. even back then. I, yeah, Chevy Chase would have been terrible. Yeah, D- it Dudley would. Moore, John Travolta, and Michael Keaton. John Travolta, uh, yeah. John Travolta and Splash, yeah. you imagine? No. Oh, there's a fish here. It's so weird. Here. Yeah, no, it's, like right? a, it's like a fish, but it's a lady, too. It's a, she got some a, boobs here. It would have been awful. Whoa. Because that uh, was past his prime, too. Yeah. He would have totally made it tank. That would have been terrible. Although he was doing, uh, what was the last year he was in the, the sequel of Saturday Night Fever? Yeah, Staying Alive. Staying Alive. Yeah. It's, it's, He's terrible. Anyway, yeah. um, and then Sunday, March 11th, the, uh, the Where's the Beef? Where's the beef was the popular saying. Yeah. Remember that, that from that I do. commercial? I Where's do the beef that. lady? Yep. Um, this phrase now became associated with the 1984 U.S. presidential election because during the primaries in the spring of 84, mm-hmm. on March 11th, mm-hmm. uh, the commercial was at its height of popularity and Democratic candidate and former Vice President Walter Mondale mm-hmm. used the phrase to sum up his arguments that program policies championed by his rival Senator Gary Hart mm-hmm. were un- insubstantial beginning with a March 11th, 1984 televised debate, debate prior to the New York and Pennsylvania primaries. And he said, where's the beef? Okay. Isn't that great? Mm-hmm. That is great. And All now right. Monday, March 19th. So on March 19th, Terry Ferguson disappeared from a local shopping mall where witnesses remembered seeing Wilder. Her body was recovered four days later from a Polk County canal. If she had just stayed home and watched Newhart... And Cagney and Lacey and the premiere of Kate and Allie. Yes. She would be alive today. Uh, March 20th, Foul Ups, Bleeps, and Blunders is the name of the show. Okay. And it's, his name is hosted by. What? Who? <laughs> what are you? I can't remember his name. 
Alan Thicke? No. No, that comedian. I was still that insult comedy. Oh, I'm not. We're anyway, not playing this game again. I'll remember him. But all right, that was on Three's Company was on and shaping up a show with Jennifer Tilly and Leslie Nielsen, where they're workout people at a gym. It was a sitcom. Oh, that's stupid. Heart to Heart, Riptide, Remington Steel were all on Tuesday, all right. March. 20th. So March 20th, Wilder abducted a university coed from a shopping mall. In Tallahassee, driving her across the state line to Bainbridge, Georgia. So when you kidnap somebody across state lines, the FBI gets involved. That's a federal offense. Now, when you call somebody a co-ed, nobody calls girls that go to college co Copy and pasted anymore. this. Oh, I know that, but I'm just saying. Back then, you called them co-eds, right? Yeah. Yeah, you did. A co-ed just means they're female college student. I guess. But today, nobody's a co-ed, right? No, I know. You're right. <laughs> I just think that's funny language. That's like mm-hmm. a dated language. It really is. So now, if so, she would have stayed home and watched Heart to Heart, she'd be alive. Instead, she was in a cheap motel being raped and tortured and all of these things, horrible Meanwhile, foul-ups, bleeps, and so blunders was on. she somehow gets into the the bathroom and locks herself in she had he had put super glue in her eyes what yes before while he before was... that yeah and so even after that she um, she got away she got away got into the bathroom and locked herself in and started pounding on screaming as loud as she could and pounding and they're in this hotel and um he he freaks out and and leaves so um the he he then goes to beaumont texas uh, and so this is the next day. Yes. He just took off. Yes. And so. Don Rickles. Don Rickles hosted oh. Foul Ups, Bleeps, and Blunders. Oh, he did. Okay. You know who that is? Yeah, Don Rickles. Of course I know who Don Rickles is. God, I couldn't remember his name. All right. So then um, on March 21st, Terry Walden informed her husband that this bearded man had approached her between classes at the university saying, you know, do you want to be a model? And she thanked him and said no, but it was just weird, she thought. And then that's the same girl who was just had super glue in her eyes. No, this is a different different person. Her name is Terry. They're both named They're Terry. They're both yeah, they are. They're both named Terry. She told who that this guy came up to her? Her dad? She told her husband her husband. Oh, her husband. And um okay. and so she and so she then she goes missing. So he remembers her saying that. Oh, and she went missing too. Yeah, but but he remembers. That but she he remembers said this. she said that. Oh my gosh, she's so, missing. All I know is she said this weird guy with a beard was offering her modeling. So if she she missed the facts of life. Yep. That, that that night when Joe's old flame Eddie returns to rekindle that romance, even though he's married to another woman, also the fall guy, and the same night day NFL owners passed the infamous anti-celebration rule we're not allowed to dance after touchdowns. oh okay so um they find her body is recovered from a different canal three days later so then on march 25th jeez this guy's going to town it's a he's a berserker mode well yeah. bef- before he gets to win well that sunday march so that wednesday was that one yeah then friday police academy came out okay uh which we already kind of talked about yes we did but i don't know if you know this but um Bill Clinton once told Steve Gutenberg that Police Academy was one of his favorite movie franchises, mm-hmm. and Hillary Clinton actually questioned Bill Clinton's parenting because he and Chelsea Clinton once went. And s- they had a they had a uh, Police Academy festival where they watched all six. Oh my god! They watched six movies. She must have been little too. Yeah, uh, yeah. He said that. Uh, That's a bad parent. Yeah, it's a terrible parent. He he made her watch them all. They're uh, bad. Yeah, they they watched. Like uh, I wouldn't he, six police academy movies back to back with daughter Chelsea. I wouldn't even let Henry at this <laughs> at his age now watch those. Bill Clinton let Chelsea Clinton watch a bunch of police academy movies. Oh my god! Well, and Rich and Muppet and I always wanted to have a police academy festival. Yeah, and just record ourselves hallucinating after each one, like how. Because they're so mm-hmm. terrible. Too. They are, they're yeah. Awful. I mean, like the they last are, three are. were all straight to video. So yeah. All uh, really bad movies. So to say that those are your favorite movies. And make a six-year-old watch it yeah. or however old she was. Bill Clinton is white trash. Yes, he is white <laughs> oh trash. God. What in the hell? What were we thinking? Who is that guy? I know. It's pretty uh, bad. I mean, still, it's ridiculous, but what? We, yeah. And you would admit that to anyone. It's crazy. I mean, who would no? Who could sit through all six of those? I know That's you have crazy. to be. In, in Bill Clinton and Chelsea Clinton both did. And Chelsea was probably like six years old. In 1984. Yeah, yeah. Well, 1984 is when the first one came out, so she was probably older when they once they watched all six. Oh yeah, that's by true. the sixth one probably came out. That's in true. Two thousand or something. 
So then um, on March 25th. Sunday. That was a Sunday. Um, she, a 21-year-old Suzanne Logan disappeared from a shopping mall in Oklahoma City. Then her body was found the next day floating in Milford Reservoir near Manhattan, Kansas. That night she missed a show called Domestic Life, a sitcom starring Martin Mull, created by Steve Martin, about Seattle television commentator Martin Crane, who has a domestic life worth it's reporting on air. Too what? many Martins. Too many Martin Mull and Steve Martin. And Martin Crane and Martin Martin. A notable character innovation on that show, though, is uh, he's got a teenage son who operates various, a very successful business from his room and makes loans to his parents. Okay. So then the next um, woman that, that the next victim was Cheryl Bonaventura. She a was lot of victims abduct- here. Yeah. She, in, in a few days. She was abducted from a shopping mall in the Grand Junction, Colorado, on March 29th. And it's still doing this whole bit, the whole modeling yes. bit. Like, why don't you yep. be a model? Because it works. Because it's all, yeah. And another shopper placed him in the mall soliciting women for modeling jobs. And he was seen with Cheryl at a nearby restaurant that afternoon. She joined the missing man. list as Wilder worked his way across the country, killing when he paused to rest. Oh, man. So the next, my next date is April 1st. Oh, so you skipped March 29th. That must have been the day he killed her that last one because that was the the date mm-hmm. oh no or maybe i just yeah yeah because that night lottery was on abc that was a tv show called lottery oh really where a lottery representative and his irs partner meet various winners across the country to present the prizes and change their lives and give me a break was on but also that is the night mm-hmm. the nfl baltimore colts moved to indianapolis under cover of night in the middle of the night. Why? Because uh, the owner was an asshole and didn't want uh, anybody to know he was moving the team. That's stupid. And so all the Baltimore fans were oh. all upset and and arranged because they moved to Indianapolis. And yeah. they were all upset. You know, those deals always happen because taxpayers won't approve yeah. a stadium. You know? Oh. Won't build a stadium and we'll go move somewhere yep, else. We'll right. build a stadium. Yeah. So the fans get all pissed. It's always some rich owner, and all the fans hate him. So he was afraid of yeah. the PR hit, you know. And then so so then they got – so Baltimore was all excited when they got the Ravens, mm-hmm. even though it was simultaneously screwing the Browns, and Baltimore people knew how the Cleveland fans would feel. Yeah. So there's a big rivalry there. But anyway, that happened in the middle of the night, okay. and it was reported the next morning, and nobody knew it was going to happen. Oh, that's a bummer. It was a crazy thing, yeah. I remember being all over the news then. So, so Friday, March 30th is your next thing? Um, let's see. No. Oh, no. Friday, March 30th, Romancing the Stone came out. Okay. With Clint Eastwood, Jack Nicholson, and Christopher Reeve. Oh, what? no. What? They, no, they all turned down the role of Jack T. Colton. I was going to say, <laughs> all those people were in <laughs> yeah, that movie. I remember them being in it. That was before Michael Douglas accepted the part. Okay. Uh, studio executives were so sure that this film would flop that Robert Zemeckis was preemptively fired from directing Cocoon. Oh, wow. And then it turned out to be such a success yeah. that Zemeckis was able to go forward on his own project, yeah. Back to the Future. Wow. So if it hadn't been for Romancing the Stone, yeah. Back to the Future wouldn't exist. That came out Friday, March 30th. And then on March 31st, we have yeah. a new number one song, and you did the research on it. It is uh, Kenny Loggins' Footloose. So, Loose. so that Loose. came out um, on 1984. Everybody cut. Everybody March 31st cut. to April Everybody 20th. Cut. And Kenny Loggins and Dean Pitchford wrote the title track on Painkillers. was the only thing I had. Loggins had broken a rib at a show and Pitchford had strep throat and a fever. So they met because Loggins was soon flying to Asia. Pitchford had the, the, hid the fact that he was sick from Loggins by spraying his throat with chloroseptic and taking decongestants so the two could get their songwriting done and appease, to, and appease Paramount. I think it was two or three days we kept up the charade with him showing up on his painkillers and me on my painkillers and us getting the gist of the song, Pitchford recalled. I'm gonna go with uh, I'll never cut me loose. Is that what he says? Something I, uh, like sort of lose your a, blues. Kind of a dumb song. Everybody cut the blues. This is a pretty dumb song. Everybody cut. Everybody so, cut. Mm-hmm. All right. 
So then, stop it. On April, on April 1st, 17-year-old Michelle Kaufman vanished from a fashion show at the Meadows, Meadows Mall in Las Vegas, Nevada. Oh, fashion show, that's smart. Snapshots taken at the time, and you can see this online. Well, Las Vegas, Nevada, where were... Where were the rest of these? He's going across the country. He's going everywhere. He's going everywhere. Wow. The last one was in Colorado. Oh, I didn't. I wasn't. Uh, so, oh. so um, sna- there's. You can see these online. These snapshots that were taken at the fashion show. Oh no! And really? And it shows him in the background. Oh. It's watching the fashion show, and the girl who who's dead is. Yeah. It's like she's like the center of the picture. Oh no! And he's sitting in the background, wa- looking at her, like gle- leering so at her. So creepy. It really? Is, you can yes, see that online. Yeah, it's on. Yeah. It's and really gross. How would you search that? What it would be Christopher Wilder, yeah, images or whatever. It's and like a or fashion, could, fashion show. show. Yeah, Christopher Just Wilder fashion. Christopher Wilder show. fashion show. Google that. Yeah, that's the same day that um, uh, Marvin Gaye was murdered by his father. Oh, that's right. So, uh, singer Marvin Gaye was shot and killed by his father on on the day before his forty fifth birthday. Oh man! And so they um, he he had a big problem with drugs. And he had moved in with his parents, and his his dad was a preacher named Marvin Gaye Sr. I didn't realize any of that stuff. And so they were in uh, Los Angeles a day before his 45th birthday on April 1st, 1984, at approximately 11.38 a.m., a fight broke out between them, and it uh, allegedly turned physical when the, um, the, uh, Marvin Gaye pushed and kicked his dad. And then the story goes: the dad allegedly retaliated with a gunshot from a thirty-eight caliber pistol to his son's chest, followed by a second gunshot, reportedly fired at point-blank range. Oh man! So it was just something that got. I never knew that Marvin Gaye was murdered. number one murdered, or by his father. Yeah, That's crazy. It is crazy, isn't it? And meanwhile, while that murder was happening, in the background, Jefferson's was probably on. Yep. And on that episode of Jefferson's, George's old girlfriend. Uh, comes back in town, and she's got a grudge to yeah. settle with George. So, it, finally, it's enough. The, linked with three murders, one kidnapping, and four disappearances, Wilder was described by FBI as a significant danger. Yeah, now they got the picture of him, and so his, they yeah. got to know who he is. His name is added to the Bureau's 10 Most Wanted list on April 3rd, 1984. Oh, April 3rd is when he got added, huh? Yes. Well, around the same time, mm-hmm. in April, mm-hmm. in Boston, uh Samuel Adams Beer, the Boston Beer Company was founded, which turned oh, okay. into Samuel Adams Beer. Yeah. At the same time. Okay. Uh, that this was happening. Some guy, thirty three year old guy, James Cock Cook, Koch, Chaos Cook. James Cook. Mm-hmm. He was a Cincinnati native who moved to Boston to study Harvard Law. Anyway. And he quit his law job to make beer because it was grandfather. Okay. It was okay. like his grandfather's recipe. Anyway, but on Tuesday, April third. What yeah. did you say happened on Tuesday, April 3rd? The FBI put him on the 10 most wanted oh. list. He goes on that list the same night that Riptide episode is called Double Your Pleasure. Cody's flirt with a pretty girl sends the boys on a search for her apparently missing sister. Her ties to a mobster make them target a target for him and his goons. Adrian's mid. Is that who's on Riptide? Yes. I looked at the stuff for Riptide. I don't... I never once watched any of that. Yeah. I don't know it's, any of those it, characters or actors. I, or I just remember him, but being on it. Riptide. Yeah, this is stupid. The only thing I remember from Riptide is when I was anytime I was shirtless. Shirtless Brian Burkett would say, "What is this Riptide? What is this? Put a shirt. <laughs> Put your shirt back on." <laughs> yeah, um, and I'm I'm drinking a delicious uh, beer uh, ale from you already Catawba. Talked about it. No, there's a new one. It's from Catawba Brewing Company. Yeah. Yeah, uh, that's a local Charlotte brewery. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's called Peanut Butter Jelly Time. Tastes like peanut butter and jelly, kind of. Oh, that's delicious. Sounds good. So, the following day, the next day, April 4th, yeah. after he after he's on the most wanted list, he abducts 16-year-old Tina Marie Risico in Torrance, California, rapes her, and then um, he keeps her. And then they stay in these various motels, and they and oh. she starts going with him. Like um, abducted, abducted, but, but she's starting to get Stockholm syndrome. Probably, so, I don't know. She's only sixteen. Oh. She's probably just terrified and doing whatever he wants. Man. So she agrees to help him find other victims as he continues oh, his long flight gross. up. So then, my next date is April tenth. Oh well, before we get to April tenth, on April ninth, yeah, uh, Johnny Carson hosted the Oscars. Okay, Terms of Endearment won everything, uh, and there. There was an Academy Award category for Best Original Musical. Mm-hmm. 
Uh, but 1984 is actually the last year it's been used mm-hmm. uh, because Purple Rain won that year. Yeah. But due to lack of contenders, they just yeah. nobody's won it. They yeah. haven't had that award anymore. So that was significant. Mm-hmm. Uh, but then Monday, April 9th is your, or uh, April Tuesday, April, April 10th. That's right. That was April 9th. And then Tuesday, April 10th on television that evening was uh, – Barry Bostwick starred, starred at George Washington. They had a George Washington special in 1984. It was like a TV miniseries about George Washington's life. And did Barry, you watch the whole thing? I did. You Barry, probably did. Barry Bostwick played George Washington. Did you love it? And that's where, you know, he really, they really show the truth that he was yeah. hot for his best friend's wife. Okay. Oh, um, also Mandy Moore was born that day. Okay. April 10th. Um, so on April 10th, Donette Wilt was lured away from a shopping mall in Indiana. Hey, come on with me. Don't watch the George Washington special tonight. Come nope. with me instead. And so they, she gets raped and tortured through the course of the day and the next. While the other while the girl's helping? Yeah. Wilder tried to murder her on April 12th, stabbing at her and leaving her for dead outside Rochester, New York. But she managed to surface and stagger to the nearest highway where <sighs> a passing motorist discovered her and drove her to a hospital. Well, as she was staggering and yes. found that person yes. and was Can driving to the hospital? That? Oh, that's awful. And somebody found her yeah. staggering? Wouldn't that be With terrible? With all the blood and everything? And the, the person who picked her up was probably thinking, man, I just wanted to get home and watch The Duck Factory starring Jim Carrey. What? <laughs> it was a sitcom. No. Yes. Yeah, it's not duck, real. It's called The Duck Factory. This is real. Skip Tarkington is a young animator who's just started with a low-budget animation company that produces The Dippy Duck Show. That sounds awful. As new guy, Skip is often the brunt of office politics and has to deal with his own lack of confidence, starring Jim Carrey. Jim Carrey had a show he where he was been, a duck cartoonist. And he was young. He was really young. And this is bef- way before In Living Color. Yeah. I've never heard of that ever. No. I, don't, I hope Do you have your own show? Yeah. I mean, I know it probably lasted a minute. It but did. I think there was only a couple episodes. Yeah. The Duck Factory. That was on TV that oh night. Oh, my gosh. But All right. no, she didn't get to see it. She was staggering after being tortured. And yeah. Raped. So um, he drove Wilder then following that. Um, well, Wilder's final victim then was Beth Dodge, who was abducted near Victor, New York, on April 12th and shot to death in a nearby gravel pit. Following that murder, Wilder drove wait, his wait. teenage cat. He shot her on April 12th? Yes. that's the same night. He raped the other woman, and she was staggered. Yep. So he got done with that, and he went and murdered somebody else? Yes, yes. This guy's getting crazy. Yeah, so he drove his... What's that called, a fast burst? It's a a berserker. A berserker mode. Yeah. Um, He drove his teenage captive to Boston's Logan Airport after that murder, purchased a one-way ticket to Los Angeles, and saw her off at the gate. So he, for some reason... The girl that he had kidnapped? Yeah. He just let her go. Let her go. So his sudden attack of compassion remains unexplained, but he wasted huh. no time in searching out another victim. On April 13th, he Jeez. brandished his gun at a woman near Beverly, Massachusetts, but she fled on foot unharmed. Well, so so he tried to get someone April 13th. Yes. On Friday the 13th, yes. that was his unlucky day, yes. Friday the 13th. That's right. Because he couldn't get somebody. Yep. Friday the 13th, unlucky. But it was very lucky for Mr. Pete Rose, who was playing for the Montreal Expos at the time. He became the first... NL baseball player to get 4,000 hits in a career, joining Ty Cobb to become only the second player to enter the 4,000-hit club. Oh, 4, wow. 4,000 hits, that's a bunch. That is a bunch. Um, also, there was a show with uh, Kirstie Alley and Greg Evigan called Masquerade <laughs> on TV that oh, night. Oh, God. Uh, it was uh, an intelligent uh, an intelligence organization recruits civilian specialists for individual missions requiring their skills. That sounds stupid. I did not know that Kirstie Alley and Greg Evigan had a show together. No, that sounds awful. Yeah, this is great. So then, this is the best podcast ever. <clears throat> yeah. Um, Sunday, April 15th. So continuing his aimless hunt, the, he stops for gas in the afternoon on in Colebrook, New Hampshire, unaware that he had reached the end of his run. Pass- yeah, he thinks he's going to keep on going. Yes. Passing by the service station, state troopers Wayne Fortier and Leo Jellison recognize his car from the FBI description. Leo Jellison? Yep. That's the greatest name ever. Leo Jellison. I'm Leo Jellison, bitch. And that is where we're going to have to pick it up next time. Oh, we're out of time, aren't yes. we? Yes. Yeah. We're, oh my we're gosh. out of time. So now that we ramble so much, we're going to have to split this into two episodes again for yep. 84. So join us next week. Yes, it's a cliffhanger. Will Leo Jellison save the day, or will he fail, and is a serial killer still on the loose?
Maybe. Might still be counting beauty queens. Yeah, well, we'll have to find out. So, But unfortunately, it's time to uh, give a shout-out to Potter and family and say, get the hell out of here, Chuck. Barry. <laughs> I was waiting for you to say, start saying the things with me. I didn't know uh, that's, that's what that's you were I doing. Saying it slow, so I thought you were having a stroke. <laughs> <laughs> no. no, I might be. I, I felt like that's what was going All on. Right, I was Matt just Truman. waiting for it to end. Matt Truman, sing it for us, man. Yep. And, oh, by the way, buy his albums. Yes. He needs to be able to quit his job, you idiots. All right. I love you all. Bye.